everyone and welcome to when worlds collide a three episode limited podcast series where we unpack issues along the intersection of activism and the art in today's episode save your ship as an illusion of racial progress we will be discussing the film the help and the blind side the blind side is a blockbuster film that hit the theaters in 2009 however this film centers around this white mother named leanne tui played by sandra bullock and her husband sean tui played by tim mcgraw who offered Michael Orr, a Black teenager, a temporary place to stay in their home after rescuing him off the street. On a cold and stormy night, Michael is currently dealing with so much from an absent drug-addicted mother to poverty. Because of his gargantuan stature and interest in football, Leanne does everything in her power to make sure he can play because she knows the impact football will have in his life. She has a vision for him and is confident that he has a chance at a Division I career and even the professional league. Fortunately, under the guidance of Leanne, Michael is able to amass great success and ends up playing D1 football at Ole Miss and becoming an offensive tackle on the Baltimore Ravens. With a star-packed cast, including Sandra Bullock and Tim McGraw and a wholesome plot, this movie received immense amounts of praise. The film grossed $309 million, and Sandra Bullock's strong performance led her to winning an Academy Award for Best Actress, the Golden Globe Award for Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama, and the Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Leading Role. Despite this achievement, this movie's narrative is very problematic because she is portrayed as this white messiah. This film is attempting to depict this fantasy that the problem of racial inequality has been solved when there's still so many fundamental problems in the country. It fails to recognize the deep-rooted racial issues present in the United States and thereby undermining the reality of the Black experience and promoting this white savior complex. Much like The Blind Side, The Help is an immensely popular film that tackles issues of interracial dynamics in the South. The film, which was released in 2011, tells the story of a white Southern belle named Skeeter and her journey getting her first manuscript published. Realizing that this book might be her only chance to break into the literary world, she decides to take a risk and write something unprecedented, a collection of stories by Black housemaids in the Deep South chronicling their experiences with issues like racism and unfair pay while working as mammies for white families. Like The Blind Side, The Help perpetuates the harmful dichotomy between the incapable Black victims and their strong white heroine. In doing so, it aggrandizes the role of the white savior in the liberation of the Black characters, while virtually ignoring the intrinsic nature of allyship as a lifelong commitment to fighting systemic injustice. Despite these obvious shortcomings, The Help has been held on a pedestal virtually since its release 10 years ago. Its four nominations and one victory at the Oscars speaks to its cinematic prestige. However, its rise to the number one movie on Netflix following the brutal police killing of George Floyd and the widespread racial reckoning among white Americans speaks to its troubling reputation as a resource for those hoping to learn more about race issues, when in reality it just perpetuates the white savior narrative, which is rooted in racism. Although both films may appear to depict uplifting narratives of racial reconciliation, they both rely on negative stereotypes of Black people as unviable agents of change, perpetuating the white savioristic notion that Black people need a paternalistic white figure to save them. By emphasizing the necessity of the white savior in the advancement of the Black characters, both films perpetuate the idea of white superiority. An essential part of constructing this illusion of the necessity of a white savior in the advancement of Black people is the dichotomy between the active white protagonist and the passive Black side characters. The help is essentially the resurrection of the mammy stereotype, where all the maids are capable of doing are cooking and cleaning. In the beginning of the movie, Skeeter asks 
a maid named Abeline to help her write a cleaning column in the local newspaper. Abeline is able to give her expert advice, like holding a matchstick under your tongue to prevent you from crying while chopping onions, but is not able to form coherent sentences. She tells the white child she works for, you is smart, you is kind, you is important, which contrary to popular belief is not proper usage of African-American vernacular English, but rather nonsensical grammar employed by the white director to emphasize the maid's lack of education. Moreover, we can add cowardice to the list of negative stereotypes the Black characters in the film embody. In one of the opening scenes, the leader of the White Housewives, Hilly Holbrook, is discussing a sanitation initiative that would require Black maids to use a separate outhouse than the families they work for. When Aveline overhears this conversation, she slinks out of the room with her head down and wearing a look of defeat, evidently unable to say anything to defend her humanity. In this same conversation, Skeeter, the white heroine, says wittily, maybe we should just build you a bathroom outside, Hilly, implying that the audience is supposed to believe of Skeeter that she is clever and courageous from the onset of the film. After spending some time with Skeeter while helping her write her book, Aveline suddenly becomes more brave. She stands up for herself when Hilly Holbrook accuses her of stealing and even calls her a godless woman. This transition from a silently accepting dehumanization for decades to verbally accosting the most powerful woman in her town implies that while Skeeter's courage and wit is intrinsic, Abeline's is contingent on this white savior figure. After hearing about the help, there's so many parallels that we can see in the blind side with these negative stereotypes. We see that Michael is suffering from so many things. He's currently living on the street. He doesn't know where any of his siblings are. He has about 12 of them. His birth mom is just out of the picture and he's not even passing school. It's believed that teachers have just been passing him along with D's just so he could get to the next grade. It's even said that his GPA was a 0.6 and his IQ was 80. Here we see the continued negative portrayal of a Black individual. Even, he had an uncle who was taking care of him, but the uncle kicked him out because he got tired of Michael living on the couch. This is, of course, pretty harsh for someone's relative to do this. Setting up his life like this makes it perfect for Leanne to come in and save the day. In the scene where they met, she saw that Michael was shivering on a stormy night and offered him a place to stay in her house. Do you have any place to stay tonight? Don't you dare lie to me. Seen that look many times. She's about to get her way. Come on. Come on. SJ, make room. Get inside. With an unwavering tone and a strong conviction, she doesn't even hesitate to offer him a place in her house. Her quickness to resolve the problem at hand while thinking about Michael's best interests exhibit how much of a powerful matriarch she is. The dark light coupled with the somber music in that scene contribute to the effect. With those elements in dialogue, her character just absolutely commands empathy and praise out of the viewers. She immediately helps an unknown boar boy at night when she does not have to. However, as a great Christian, Christian woman, she feels a moral responsibility to extend grace to Michael. And of course, that night goes on to change his life forever. 
Not only does her character have respect attached to it, but now the film has created this environment in which the white way is essentially the right way. When he was alone or when he was with his uncle, he could never advance his life. It was only until Leanne made an interception into his life that things started to get better for him and all his problems slipped away, all in relation to the whiteness of Leanne. Yes, it's good that he was able to accomplish so much because of course, who wouldn't want to go on to be in the NFL? That's such a great accomplishment. However, the way that it's depicted is very problematic. Leanne presents this historical image of a white savior that because of their racial superiority, she can correct the backwardness of her black counterpart who is unable to save themselves because of their innate inferiority. Now, because of this superiority, all of their actions are justified because they're allowed to under the guise of helping him. She's the perfect hero who acts like she's colorblind when she truly isn't. She still weaponizes her white privilege and even negatively racially profiles Michael while they're sleeping under the same roof. The night that she brings him in, she says, I wonder if he's going to steal anything. And she even comments to her husband to call the insurance adjuster if she hears screaming. Therefore, despite the fact and the effort that Leanne is putting into furthering the success of Michael, the elements of this movie illustrate the idea that a Black person can only be saved through a white means, which is very racist in itself. Yeah, so we really can see how in both films, it's evident that they're constructed such that the white savior is necessary in the advancement of Black people, which is obviously not realistic and highly problematic. So the second point that we wanted to touch on is that both films over-idolize the relationship between the white savior and the Black characters, creating an illusion of racial reconciliation that assuages white guilt rather than encouraging white people to do better. In my movie, The Help, in particular, there's too much emphasis placed on the small ways in which Skeeter helps the Black maids and not enough emphasis placed on the large ways that she hurts them. At the end of the film, after the book is published, Black churches in multiple counties sign copies of Skeeter's book as a thank you gifts for uplifting the Black community. But is she actually deserving of this much praise? Well, we do see that she contributes some good to uplifting the Black community. For example, when Abelian and her friend Minnie receive their first check for their contributions to the book, they jump up and down to jubilant music and exclaim, we're rich, we're rich. So she does contribute financially to the Black community members who contributed to her book. But too much emphasis is placed on this small good deed that she did. Because after the book is published, Abelene is actually fired for her involvement with it, and racial tensions in the town are exacerbated as a result. The film weirdly diffuses this tension between Skeeter's supposed role as a white savior and the harm she did to the Black community in a conversation between her, Abelene, and Minnie. So during this conversation, Skeeter has just been offered a job at a major publishing company in New York City, and she's about to leave. But she expresses some guilt for leaving right when she has just catalyzed these racial tensions between the white communities and the Black communities in Jackson, Mississippi. And she knows that Abilene's job is in trouble. But what Abilene says is, if bad things happen, ain't nothing you can do about it. And now it's for a reason we can be proud of. So essentially, the film uses Abilene to absolve Skeeter of her responsibility for diffusing the tension she created, and instead focuses on how she at least endangered the lives of the Black maids for a good cause. It just seems as though the film tries so hard to paint Skeeter as a perfect white savior, and in doing so completely distorts the audience's idea of what helping a community fight for justice actually looks like. 
As we talked about earlier, the blind side creates a dynamic in which Leanne is this powerful savior and Michael is this unintelligent black boy who's desperately in need of saving. Well, for starters, like in The Help, a lot of this film had fabricated truth and over-exaggerations in order to support this savoristic narrative. After all, ingenuine, negative, and stereotypical portrayals were needed in this film to assert those racist underlying messages that black people need the agency of white people, which is blatantly ignoring reality. If Leanne was not this powerful savior figure and Michael was just this intelligent foster kid, the story would not have been able to sustain white saviorism and obviously not as successful. But instead, the story is meant to demonstrate how far society has come. The fact that a Southern conservative white woman could take a black boy into her house speaks volumes, just like in The Help, that a fact that a white woman could have that close of relationship to The Help. But since these individuals, of course, are coming from polarizing sides of the social spectrum, their connections show how love can overcome race. And it's reassuring people about all the accomplishments that have been made from the days of slavery and Jim Crow. However, despite the prosperity of the blindside situation and even the help situation, reality is not that simplified. And too much is emphasis is put on Leanne, like Skeeter in the help. Depicting that racial turmoil could simply be alleviated by a white woman saving a black boy is not what racial progress is. It is actually antagonistic to true reform. For this reason, the interrelation of the falsification of the actual story, the stereotypes, all function to assuage like guilt, like when Abilene was absolving the guilt of Skeeter. In a time where people are constantly under fire for racial issues and reform is needing to be made, it can sometimes cause white individuals to feel guilty about the role that them and their ancestors had in creating these unjust systems. To quell those feelings, movies like The Blind Side were created. The Blind Side is representative of what white people are doing wrong in this movement for justice and equality. The first thing they need to do is sit back and acknowledge your privilege and the shortcomings of our society that benefits them and then truly educate themselves without the use of diluted Black narratives if they want to truly become good allies. Of course, doing this makes people uncomfortable, but change doesn't happen when people are completely comfortable. The story was heavily oversimplified and so was the help. And that goes to show how far society has not come despite Hollywood's belief in that contemporary media fails to recognize that there are still persisting systemic issues ingrained into the basis of our society. Instead of trying to make these films more palatable for a white audience, they need to be shown to do better. Wow, I really love all those points you made, Egbe. And it's like the perfect way to wrap up our podcast. So just to summarize, in today's podcast, we have unpacked the white savior pitfall in two major Hollywood films, The Help and The Blind Side. We have discussed how the dichotomy between the strong white heroine and the weak black side characters perpetuates the idea of white superiority and how both films' idealization of their relationship reinforces white complacency. Overall, this is problematic because film has the potential to impact its consumers' understanding of race issues. Therefore, we need narratives dealing with issues of race that make people uncomfortable by challenging them to rethink their role in fighting racial injustice, not films like The Help and The Blind Side that sugarcoat and whitewash the reality of race relations to mitigate white guilt. Once genuine portrayals of racial injustice are incorporated into mainstream media, film will hopefully transform into a means of re-examining the status quo and inspiring change. Thanks so much for tuning in. The podcast could not have been made without building upon the works of other scholars. The Blindside directed by John Lee Hancock. The Blindside defensive tackle Michael tells the real story of the film by Connor Howe. White Savior film content critics and consumption by Matthew Huey. Why is the Blindside so popular by Eric Hines. Reason to Hope, The White Savior, Myth and Progress in Post-Racial America by Nicole Marantonio. I Beat the Odds, From Homelessness to the Blind Side and Beyond by Michael Orr.
The Help, directed by Tate Taylor. The Help tops Netflix during protests. And Twitter is shaking his head by Randall Roberts in the LA Times. The Help isn't racist. The critics are John McWherther in The New Republic, performed of allyship by Peter Kleene in the Technium Social Sciences Journal. 